Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Catherine Ingram. The following is from a Zoom session broadcast from Australia on April 4th, 2021. It's called Vitality. I invite you to join us for any of the upcoming monthly Zoom sessions, which are held at two different times on the first weekend of each month to accommodate most time zones in the world. not a religious person, but sometimes on religious holidays, I think about the symbolism of the holiday. And in this case, it being Easter where I am and the eve of Easter where many of you are, I've been thinking about the concept of resurrection or to resurrect or to revitalize, my favorite of those to revitalize, re-enliven. Vital, coming from the Latin life, vital. Now I know this past year for many people has perhaps had a deadening feeling, a deadening effect. Like you're not really living your real life. But is that true? Is that true? Because you were living your actual life. It was just different than what you had been used to. And maybe it was very different from what you thought it should be. And yet, it was the life you had, as you're having today, as you will be having, no matter what comes. So is revitalizing as an idea, perhaps a word to use when you slump into this is going on too long, these lockdowns, these restrictions, these curtailments of my plans, my dreams. What if in any of those moments you revitalize, you say, This is a great day. I'm alive. There's a lot of days you were not alive. There will be a lot of rotations around the sun that you won't be alive. Here's one of the few you are alive. But we forget all that. Well, our minds can really create a hell. It's amazing. And and I speak all the time about how our privilege contributes to that because we expect more. We expect whatever we want. We really got used to that. Within reason, you know, you probably weren't gonna get a Gulfstream jet, but in terms of the world's playground of delights, we could all get a lot of them and we did. And we could think up a lot of other things that we were gonna get to do, but We've had a lesson in this time of having to be grateful for what we, what we do have. Our priorities have become more clear. Perhaps our needs have become a bit more simple, which is a good thing. And we've had to get used to managing our attention more. It's forced upon us. 
as we can see, a lot of people are not managing to do it so well. There's so much depression and anxiety and people just going absolutely mad, psychotic, fully psychotic. We can see the stresses on many, many people because of the lack of mind management, really no training or no interest in those matters. <laughs> but the Dharma really pays off in these kinds of situations because you can kind of cruise through. Any of us who've done a retreat, I've been in many retreat circumstances that would rival like a prison camp. I was in one in Denmark in the 70s. I was attending the retreat. I would actually never have booked this place as a retreat, but I was, I was in attendance as a Buddhist. Lots of those places were so grim. And we went to this little, almost a campsite with a couple of little shacks. The women had a bunk house and the men had a bunk house and we all had to share the same outhouse or two. I think they maybe had two. It rained the whole time. We just sloshed in mud. It was freezing and the food was inedible. And we were there at least a week. It was a very long week, I have to say, and I do remember it unfondly all this time later. But probably none of our circumstances are as bad as that, right? I mean, there's lots of circumstances that are really hard that people live in and they get used to. And frankly, if that had been my lot, I would have had to find a way to get used to it. I did get through it without, you know, having any hissy fits. So the point is that our circumstances have changed. They may never go back to what we had lived before. And we'll get used to this new way of life. We'll get used to living more simply. We're forced into it, as I said. There can be a great beauty in simplicity. There has been a slowdown of the death machine that I call it, the death machine of industrial consumption that is just roaring along, has been roaring along rather, and is trying to crank itself back up that may not be possible. And so be it. We will, we will live our lives as people have had to do throughout all of time. In whatever circumstances was their moment in history, their moment in time. And this is ours. And maybe you have found that your attention is more likely now to focus on things that are small joys. I like to call them. The small joys aren't even that small. They're, they're, they're beautiful. And the attention becomes more trained in, in those kinds of appreciations. You, you become more habituated in looking for those, noticing them. It doesn't have to be this grand blow away experience or object or waiting for your ship to come in in whatever your version of that is. 
And then you fall much more into your own quiet. Because when a lot of things are taken off the table as options, at some point, one has to just accept. I spoke last night about surrender a lot. You accept and you go quiet. So more and more, you're living your days, and instead of a rumble constantly going through your head about what you want, at least that part is quieter. Some of my teachers used to use the image of, it's kind of a mean image. All the animal images <laughs> tend to be mean images. <laughs> but the, the, the sense of taking a wild monkey and chaining it to a stake, and it's got its chain, it's on the stake, it jumps around, it flails around, it tries every which way, but it's chained. And after a while, it calms down. It sees there's nothing to be done. It just stops. It might occasionally try again, but a smart monkey will not just keep flailing and pulling at the chain. And the same with us, when the mind has run through its program, it's run down all its tracks, and at the end of the track, it sees, nope, can't do that, that door is closed. Finally, it rests, not in sort of a depressing resignation, but just in quiet. What's here? This is all about how you use your attention in all circumstances and how it's up to you to revitalize your own life. If it's been feeling dull, if it's been feeling blah, it's been boring, you haven't been able to do X, Y, Z that might have perked it up a bit. Okay. But who's going to revitalize it for you? Who or what? You can't lean to those external experiences. That's what came to say on our timely topic here on the Resurrection Day. Resurrecting your love of life. Um, so this... This has just been something that has, oh, just would love a little perspective on. Since COVID, like many, you know, I've, I've been working from home. And what's been going on for my body, my relationship with my body, it's almost, well, first of all, I put on a lot of weight. The, the second thing is that um, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but I'm developing an aversion to my body. I'm fine when I meditate, you know, I don't, I'm not aware of this dense kind of he heaviness I feel in my body. And I, I don't know. It's, it's just that my body does not feel like a sanctuary right now. <laughs> um, okay, well, there's two ways you can address it. Okay, um, I appreciate One is through your mind and one is through your body. <laughs> so you can decide, and only, only you can decide, to make some changes. You can, you can make some 
commitments to walk more, to exercise more, to eat perhaps less or just eat different types of food. And, and that, that may really give a lot more feeling of vitality. It often does. It often does. Exercise is an incredible antidote to depression. Right? You know, it's just that's just that's just science. So you could do it that way, and that's a perfectly great way to do it. Uh, you can, if that doesn't appeal to you, or you just simply don't feel like it, you can work with your mind mm-hmm. and and realize that who and what you are is far deeper than simply the body. You are not just a body. Right. Right. And when you think about the people you love and why you love them, generally speaking, it's not because of how their body is, right? Right. Generally speaking, some people are very attracted to beautiful bodies, but in terms of just a wide swath of all the people you love. Yes. there There was a movie long ago. It was called Mask. It wasn't the one that Jim Carrey was in, which was a different movie by the same name. But it was one in which Cher played the mother of a son who had the same disease that the elephant man had, the actual, the real life character. But this son had that same disease, which was massively deforming of his face and his body. And when you first saw the son on the screen, it was shocking. But this guy, as portrayed by the actor, he wasn't playing the elephant man. It was a much more contemporary story. He was so fabulous a person. He was so cool. He was so, you just fell madly in love with him. And you so loved him that when he was on the screen, you no longer really noticed his deformity. You didn't really think about it. Your heart leapt in seeing him. That was so instructive to me as a younger woman. It's an old film, I think from the 80s maybe. It was really instructive for me because I grew up, as we did, in a time when there was so much emphasis on how you looked. And that has only become very, very strong in in our culture. It's a very strong agreements almost Mm -hmm. but is it real (laughs) right what was ironic in the film was that the mother who was played by Sharon was very beautiful really in her prime but she wasn't a great person she wasn't she wasn't particularly a good mother she wasn't a particularly decent person and you didn't see her as beautiful in the film yeah so this is, comes to your question of how you're holding this, what your mind is telling you, because perhaps it's conflated with some way in which you think you're not going to be loved if you gain weight mm-hmm. or if you just don't think your body looks or functions that well anymore, that you, you will be rejected somehow. Mm-hmm. And is that true? And anyone who would reject you on that basis, good riddance to them, as I say. (laughs) 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 So it's a great, it's a great screening, actually. So, so I would say that 
it doesn't have to be either or either. You could, you could decide I want to feel healthier and I am perhaps feeling a little bit of depression and some, some good walks at least will, will perhaps uh, address that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, start releasing these ideas if possible, you know, in my world, in my view, Nobody has to do anything. This is all about, these are suggestions to alleviate suffering. If anybody wants to keep suffering, it's up to them. This is a way to look at how you're framing things, what the story is, you know? Yes. I'll tell you another one that's just popping up in my mind. Okay. Um, in an effort to sort of hang on to some semblance of youth and be, and, and because you know, most women of a certain age of my particular subculture, none of us would be inclined to say have plastic surgery or do anything, you know, extreme, but most of us did color our hair, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We did color our hair. And most of, many of my friends still do. And at some point I decided I don't, I don't need to be coloring my hair anymore. So I had to grow it out, which growing out from dark to gray is, is a, kind of a, an ordeal. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up my hair and it got to its natural color and great, you know, I actually like looking my age. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, but I had this nightmare about a year ago that somehow or other I'd gone to get my hair cut in the dream and the, the hairdresser had colored my hair without my knowing it in the dream. And I was so shocked and in like, oh no, oh no, I've got dark hair again. Oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> it's like I want my I want my gray hair back. <laughs> nice. So, you know, it can yeah. actually come to a point where exactly. your alignment, your seamless alignment with how you look and your age and all of that is your preferred state. Mm -hmm. It's basically saying, yeah, this is, this is how I am. And then you relate to people and they relate to you without those veils of, uh, well, without those veils, period, of are you attractive or are you a potential mate or, or any number of those kinds of things? It's, it's just heart to heart. And yeah. it's either a groove, it's either a nice chemistry or not. Thank you. No, I, I, that's really lovely. Thank you very much. You're welcome. I'm thinking this theme that's been developing so far, speaking about the body, it's, uh, it's salient here too. I, I just had eye surgery last week and um, yeah. I've been somewhat amused <laughs> with myself in this recovery process, you know, just being more limited in a lot of ways, you know, not able, not really able to read. Um, this is the first I took, I had to take off work. This is the first, um, video conference of any sort I've done for a while. Can't lift anything, can't get it wet, um, can't watch anything. And so there's not that, there's really, in addition to there being not much to do most of the time, <laughs> there's really not much to do right now. And um, it's been this invitation to just get simpler and get, get quieter. 
And I've been finding myself at moments crawling out of my skin, but then just continuing to come back to this awareness. There's really nowhere to go. There, there's, there's really nothing to do. And, and getting, getting grumpy or frustrated or, or angry about it is not going to help it. It's worse. <laughs> you know, and then there's this kind of like deep, like abiding chuckle within myself. It's like, ha ha ha, of course, of course. You know, so it just, it, it keeps being this kind of sense of deeper grounding and homecoming in, in quiet. Mm-hmm. Nice. Very nice. And, you know, as, as you were sharing you know, the, the resonance that comes sometimes around these major uh, religious tradition holidays. Like I, I too find, I like, I like finding what bit of meaning I can resonate with in it. Cause it's like, you think millions of people across the world over yes. the course of thousands of years, deepening this groove around these holidays. And it's like, what's, what's there for, what's there for me? What, how can I connect with my human family? And, um, you know, for me this year, I've just been like, as you say, revitalization and the wellspring that is this silence. Like, it's just, it's so beautiful the way it bubbles up. You know, I, I, um, I can't sleep well because I've got to wear this guard over my eye at night. So I've been waking up at like four in the morning and kind of sitting just like the night before. <laughs> and like, you know, not turning on any lights because it's it's light sensitive and just kind of sitting there in the dark. I'm like, oh wow. And feeling surprised to feel this childlike kind of delight at the experience of another morning alive. So beautiful. And 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 being pleased at, at that because you know, as as many people have experienced this year in dark ways, I too there have been times I think it would be unusual if people didn't have some experience throughout this year, if not in their own life, of the suffering that's been occurring in the world for so many, to just have these trickles of in at least this hemisphere, springtime coming and that revitalization and how simple it can be, just that reconnection to joy and um homecoming in that yeah very nicely said yeah these are the ways and as you were describing of course there are times when we're just biting at the bit we're chomping at the bit and it doesn't take very long to figure out you know this is gonna this is just gonna be more painful (laughs) so we can let that go and go back to gratitude and there's always something awaiting your gratitude in your life anything even the most basic things, like the simplest things about the functionality of, of the body. So yes, the one of your eyes, one of your eyes is impaired slightly right now. It's in a healing process, but happy that the other one works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the marvel of modern medicine. I mean, it's like in yeah. awe that they, you know, have sedation down well enough that they can get you conscious enough to look to the left and look to the right, but to wow. pain, you know, it just, I was really kind of in awe of our capacity, you know, evolution and progress has been detrimental in so many ways, but then yes. there's other just marvels of progress where I just feel in awe of what, yes. what we've discovered, what we can do. Absolutely. Like a hip replacement. I've known a few people who've had hip replacements who were essentially disabled 
pretty much prior to the hip replacement. And then it's just a new lease on life. But imagine how many people through history, you would have just died younger because you would have been so immobilized, not that the hip would have killed you, but just that your sedentary life from there on or not being able to work and make a living and all those things would have taken you out. Uh, Any number of those kind of, of impairments would mean probably a shorter life. So yes, we just, we do live in a time of these kind of marvels and uh, I'm so glad you got your eye done. (laughs) And yes, and I love, I love the whole perspective about the quiet that has been part of this last year. You know, we who already love quiet have been kind of reveling in it, you know. I know a lot of people were strangers to quiet and perhaps they've had a more of a taste. I have heard some people saying that on the news and this and that, that it was it was such a different way of life that they had not considered. Yeah. Sitting here thinking about um, quiet and this past year dramatic changes in my life. I retired, you know, my parents passed away. All these things happened over the past few years. And so I feel like I'm going into a whole nother stage of life and really at peace about it. And being an an introvert, um, having a year off from people hasn't been so bad for me. I mean, my, my closest connections have been really actually strengthened by the fact that things have slowed down and we have more time together, you know? But I'm thinking about quiet because I'm new, pretty new to your program, you know, you're, you're speaking. And so I've pondered a lot about, well, what is quiet for me? And um, just trying to find that place. And right now what I'm thinking about is how quiet is a place. Well, first of all, it's a place where I feel like I, I rest in nature but it's a place where I surrender to not knowing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and just exist in in the unknowing of things. Like we've so, strived so hard in life to know, to know, to know, you know, to find out and to be in control. And so it's that place for me of unknowing and just just letting that be what is. Yes. And then, What came to me, though, about what you're saying today is that out of that unknowing, some really amazing surprises can arise. (laughs) And I've heard you time and time again talk about the beauty of the present moment, the simplicity of that. And the mystery of it, the sense of mystery, which is actually the most rational perspective. Because... and it's ironic this whole to call it show is mysterious and and what is unfolding is also mysterious things are just things pop up yeah. <laughs> suddenly that you had no idea no no expectation no anything and there's this deep peace in that for yes me. Yeah. and there's a little there's vitality in it as well yeah. going back to our word of the day right. there's a vitality there's a vitality in that sense is not like some old shoe that this moment we're experiencing collectively has not ever occurred and will not occur again. This is it. This moment that we're experiencing, the shared experience of a, of a particular 
religious holiday and the shared, the collective attention in a world, you know, in a, in a world of millions of people having a certain frequency that they're at least in the background paying attention to, whether they're religious or not. Even if it's as simple as that the stores are closed, you know. But I I, I find some kind of, of heightened excitement when anything is going on in the world, not just a religious holiday, but anything that we're all paying attention to. There's some huge event that erupts and everybody's on it. Like there's a feeling. And I really feel my my moment in time, my moment in history. I really have this sense of, oh, these are the people of my moment of time. This is my tribe of human cohorts here at this time, right? Yeah. Now I yeah. philosophically... Yeah. I philosophically hang out with people of other times. I have a lot of philosophical cohorts. Yeah. But in terms of the ones who are actually on the ground with me at the same time, there's something about that when you're having a shared moment. It forces an expansion of your own sense of who and what you are. You're just the pandemic? I'm sorry. With, with the pandemic? The pandemic is certainly a ex- great example. Yes. It absolutely. is. And so when you yeah. go to the grocery store, the person who is waiting on you isn't just the ch- clerk anymore. They're that precious person. Yes. So. Yes. And who is also sharing the right. details of this pandemic. Who, Like, you know that we're looking at very similar news. Like, you're in this together, right? Yeah. So, yes, certainly the pandemic is an example. But there are many others. You know, there are many, many moments when the world just stops. 9-11 or, you know, or, you know, probably the bombing of Pearl Harbor or things like that, where just the whole world is on one mm-hmm. frequency, pretty much, unless you're you know, living in the middle of the Amazon, you know, there's this sense of these, a sense of a human community. Mm-hmm. I like to include the four-leggeds as well and all the others, but in terms of the people you can have hang- conversations with about it, you have this empathy, actually. You have this intense empathy. Absolutely. I feel that way with my animals. I look at my cat and my cats and we are here. We incarnated together. This is amazing. Yes. 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 I'm very aware of that too. I'm very aware of the incarnations at the same moment, the the colliding incarnation moments. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you. You know, I came from the other day, I hadn't left my area. I hadn't even gone far within my area. I mean, I probably haven't gone 10 miles from my house since November of 2019 until the other day when I got on an airplane and ended up in a big, huge urban city. And my little area is very quiet. It's a little beach town, very quiet. And even in, you know, any normal time coming from an area like that to a big urban city is very different. You know, you feel you feel the speed. You you know, you hear the noise. It's it's a, there's a buzz. It's it's moving. It's happening. But I've been really enjoying a feeling of peace since I've been here. Yes, there's traffic. There's lots more traffic and a lot more happening on the street and a lot more people. 
all of that's true, but I've been, I've been feeling very, very quiet in the midst of it all. Don't know how it'll be in a few weeks, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but yeah, very, very deeply quiet amidst the noise and the bustle and all that. Hi, everyone. Catherine, you asked at the beginning what was our, to think about our motivation for being here tonight. And, um, you know, the, the past few topics have just really brought it home. It's, it's, I come because I, I seek the comfort of your wisdom and the peace of the calm of your perspective and the, the resonance with me that yes, this, this is, this is peace. There's peace and it's just fine to be here. And I, I don't need to immerse myself in the horrors. You know, I just wanted to say that that's my motivation and I'm always richly rewarded whether I'm here or I'm just listening later. So thank you. Mm-hmm. I do all kinds of little tricks sometimes in my mind when it's going off track and sometimes it's it's okay what if I have a year to live what if I have a month to live what if I have a day to live so sometimes just even asking those questions resets whatever my mind is looking at if it's going into kind of a crazy spin of some sort about the world and about the possible threats and so on. Make up your own, make up, you know, make up your own tools, but it's. Yeah. Mine is very similar. It's, I just, as you said once already, I'm alive. I mean, just every day I'm grateful that I wake up alive and I'm doubly grateful when my old dog is still alive. And then if we go through the day and we have some nice walks and, you know, Mm -hmm. I get some stuff done that I have to do and, and the day's over and I wake up again and we're both still alive the next day. I'm just, I just, I'm just, gratitude has become my predominant practice. Oh, that's so great. Hallelujah. This has been In the Deep. You can find the entire list of In the Deep podcasts at katherineingram.com, where you can also book a private phone session and view upcoming events such as our monthly Zoom sessions. We would really appreciate your support of these podcasts. In addition to the many hours I spend on editing and production, we also pay for a sound engineer, monthly charges for podcast web hosting, and subscriptions for podcast editing and music royalties. So if you're a regular listener, please consider making either a one-time or a recurring donation. Of course, you're welcome to listen in whether you can afford to donate or not. And if you're enjoying the podcasts, we would be grateful for a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Till next time.